Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Sunday, June 18th. In Revelation 1.8, Yeshua says of himself, I am the Alpha and Omega, the Aleph and Tav, the beginning and the ending, says the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Did you know that if you read Genesis 1.1 in Hebrew, there is an Aleph Tav right smack dab in the middle of that verse. Truly, Yeshua, the Aleph Tav, is there in the beginning and the end. So, if you were reading your Bible in Hebrew, whenever you come across Aleph Tav, this is a direct reference to Yeshua. The acronym for Daily Audio Torah is D-A-T. In Hebrew, that is Dalit Aleph Tav. When you unpack that in the ancient Hebrew picture language, what it means is this, doorway to the Aleph Tav. The Daily Audio Torah is your doorway to the Aleph Tav, your doorway to Yeshua. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures, and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we begin a new Torah portion, Korah. Numbers 16, 1-15 One day Korah, son of Izhar, a descendant of Kohath, son of Levi, conspired with Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, and on the son of Peleth from the tribe of Reuben. They incited a rebellion against Moses, along with 250 other leaders of the community, all prominent members of the assembly. They united against Moses and Aaron and said, You have gone too far. The whole community of Israel has been set apart by the Lord, and he is with all of us. What right do you have to act as though you are greater than the rest of the Lord's people? When Moses heard what they were saying, he fell face down on the ground. Then he said to Korah and his followers, Tomorrow morning the Lord will show us who belongs to him and who is holy. The Lord will allow only those whom he selects to enter his own presence. Korah, you and your followers must prepare your incense burners. Light fires in them tomorrow and burn incense before the Lord. Then we will see whom the Lord chooses as his holy one. You Levites are the ones who have gone too far. 
Then Moses spoke again to Korah, Now listen, you Levites, does it seem insignificant to you that the God of Israel has chosen you from among all the community of Israel to be near him so you can serve in the Lord's tabernacle and stand before the people to minister to them? Korah, he has already given this special ministry to you and your fellow Levites. Are you now demanding the priesthood as well? The Lord is the one you and your followers are really revolting against. For who is Aaron that you are complaining about him? Then Moses summoned Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliah, but they replied, We refuse to come before you. Isn't it enough that you brought us out of Egypt, a land flowing with milk and honey, to kill us here in this wilderness, and that you now treat us like your subjects? What's more, you haven't brought us into another land flowing with milk and honey. You haven't given us a new homeland with fields and vineyards. Are you trying to fool these men? We will not come. Then Moses became very angry and said to the Lord, Do not accept their grain offerings. I have not taken so much as a donkey from them, and I have never hurt a single one of them. 1 Kings 19, 1-21 When Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah, May the gods strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you, just as you killed them. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, Get up and eat some more, or the journey ahead will be too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, and the food gave him enough strength to travel forty days and forty nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. There he came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, What are you doing here, Elijah? 
And he replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets, and I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Then the Lord told him, Go back the same way you came and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive there, anoint Haziel to be king of Aram. Then anoint Jehu, grandson of Nimshi, to be king of Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from the town of Abel-Meholah, to replace you as my prophet. Anyone who escapes you from Haziel will be killed by Jehu, and those who escape Jehu will be killed by Elisha. Yet I will preserve 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal or kissed him. So Elijah went and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, plowing a field. There were twelve teams of oxen in the field, and Elisha was plowing with the twelfth team. Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders, and then walked away. Elisha left the oxen standing there, ran after Elijah, and said to him, First let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye, and then I will go with you. Elijah replied, Go on back, but think about what I have done to you. So Elisha returned to his oxen and slaughtered them. He used the wood from the plow to build a fire to roast their flesh. He passed around the meat to the townspeople, and they all ate. And then he went with Elijah as his assistant. Acts 12, 1-23 About that time King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. He had the apostle James, John's brother, killed with a sword. When Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, he also arrested Peter. This took place during the Passover celebration. Then he imprisoned him, placing him under the guard of four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring Peter out for public trial after the Passover. But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate. Suddenly, There was a bright light in the cell, and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, Quick, get up! And the chains fell off his wrists. Then the angel told him, Get dressed and put on your sandals. And he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. So Peter left the cell following the angel. But all the time he thought it was a vision. He didn't realize it was actually happening. They passed the first and second guard posts and came to the iron gate leading to the city, and this opened for them all by itself. So they passed through and started walking down the street, and then the angel suddenly left him. Peter finally came to his senses. It's really true, he said. The Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod and from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me. When he realized this, he went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many were gathered for prayer. 
He knocked at the door in the gate, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to open it. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that instead of opening the door, she ran back inside and told everyone, Peter is standing at the door. You're out of your mind, they said. When she insisted, they decided it must be his angel. Meanwhile, Peter continued knocking. When they finally opened the door and saw him, they were amazed. He motioned for them to quiet down and told them how the Lord had led him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers what happened, he said. And then he went to another place. At dawn, there was a great commotion among the soldiers about what had happened to Peter. Herod Agrippa ordered a thorough search for him. When he couldn't be found, Herod interrogated the guards and sentenced them to death. Afterward, Herod left Judea to stay in Caesarea for a while. Now Herod was very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon. So they sent a delegation to make peace with him because their cities were dependent upon Herod's country for food. The delegates won the support of Blastus, Herod's personal assistant, and an appointment with Herod was granted. When the day arrived, Herod put on his royal robes, sat on his throne, and made a speech to them. The people gave him a great ovation, shouting, It's the voice of a god, not a man. Instantly, an angel of the Lord struck Herod with a sickness because he accepted the people's worship instead of giving the glory to God. So he was consumed with worms and died. Psalm 136, 1-26 Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who alone does mighty miracles. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who made the heavens so skillfully. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who placed the earth among the waters. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who made the heavenly lights. His faithful love endures forever. The sun to rule the day. His faithful love endures forever. And the moon and stars to rule the night. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who killed the firstborn of Egypt. His faithful love endures forever. He brought Israel out of Egypt. His faithful love endures forever. He acted with a strong hand and a powerful arm. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who parted the Red Sea. His faithful love endures forever. He led Israel safely through. His faithful love endures forever. But he hurled Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who led his people through the wilderness. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who struck down mighty kings. 
His faithful love endures forever. He killed powerful kings. His faithful love endures forever. Sihon, king of the Amorites, his faithful love endures forever. And Og, king of Bashan, his faithful love endures forever. God gave the land of these kings as an inheritance. His faithful love endures forever. A special possession to his servant Israel. His faithful love endures forever. He remembered us in our weakness. His faithful love endures forever. He saved us from our enemies. His faithful love endures forever. He gives food to every living thing. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His faithful love endures forever. Proverbs 17, 14 and 15. Starting a quarrel is like opening a floodgate, so stop before a dispute breaks out. Acquitting the guilty and condemning the innocent, both are detestable to the Lord. I'd like to speak to you today from 1 Kings chapter 19, and then we're going to jump into Psalm 136. And in 1 Kings chapter 19, we see that Elijah has pulled away from everyone after calling down fire from heaven at Mount Carmel. He's pulled away into the wilderness, and he is very, very depressed. In fact, you could say he is suicidal. He says, Lord, I've had enough. Take my life, for I'm no better than my ancestors who've already died. And he laid down and went to sleep. So this was God's antidote to depression. He sent an angel to him, and the angel woke him up and gave him some bread and water. So sometimes we get very emotional and we can get into a pit just because we're exhausted and tired and we're hungry. And so the Lord is allowing Elijah to get some rest, and he's also nourishing him by sending the angel. So this is something that we can do also when we feel depressed. And then the Lord asks him a question, what are you doing here, Elijah? And and Elijah replies in verse 10, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken down their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. So sometimes after a great victory, a mountaintop experience, we go into a valley. And that's what was going on with Elijah, the mountaintop experience at Mount Carmel, and now he's in a valley. And some of what he has just stated is true, but he is exaggerating. So, yes, this is true. The people of Israel have broken down covenant, broken their covenant with the Lord and torn down the altars of the Lord and killed many, but not all, of God's prophets. And so he has fallen into depression, and it's an evil spirit. There's an evil spirit of depression. It's demonic. And he's also fallen into self-pity, and that's another evil spirit. It's a demonic spirit called self-pity. So he's under demonic attack. And so then the Lord is going to reveal himself to Elijah. 
And he, you know, there's a big storm, a big windstorm, but the Lord wasn't in that. There was an earthquake, but the Lord wasn't in that. And then he heard a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard that, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And again, this gentle whisper said, Elijah, what are you doing here? And again, he goes into his complaint. So now the Lord is going to respond. And he says, I'm basically, he's going to take a three-pronged pitchfork and he's going to deal with all these prophets of Baal. And he tells uh, Elijah, you're going to anoint Hazael to be the king. And that king's going to go after these prophets of Baal. You're going to anoint Jehu to be another king. The first king was king of Aram. The second king is the king of Israel. And he's also going to go after these prophets of Baal. And if we miss any, you're going to anoint Elisha to be a prophet who will come after you, who will replace you. And any prophets of Baal that are left, that get away from the first two, Elisha's going to get them. So he's just um, given an assignment to Elijah to basically send out three torpedoes, spiritual torpedoes, a three-pronged pitchfork, a weapon from heaven that's going to deal with all of this. So he gives Elijah an assignment, a task, and that gets him out of his slump and out of his depression. We're living in very trying times. And this last weekend, I was at my fellowship and had an opportunity to have some conversation with different people, different friends of mine. And you're not alone. There is a pattern going on. The enemy is systematically attacking families and turning children, grown-up married children, against their parents. Uh, and they use excuses. Well, you're not vaccinated and we are, so you can't see us and you can't see your grandchildren. Um, or it's woke politics. We, we think differently than you. So we don't have anything in common with you anymore. And, and so it's really a systematic attack of the enemy, especially on families. And one way he can get us into a pit of depression is if we are isolated. So it's very, very important, especially because the love of most is growing cold. It's cold out there in the world. We must stay connected to fellowship. Now, if you don't have an, a local fellowship that you can go to that's following Yeshua and has love in their midst, you can stay connected online. There are Zoom groups and phone prayer conference call groups. There's, there's ways to stay connected. So if you don't have anything local, look for something on Zoom, look for something, pray and ask the Lord to get you connected. It's very, very important to stay connected right now. And it's very important that we love one another. And not just with our words, but with our actions. To do kind deeds, kind mitzvot regularly for one another to combat the coldness that's out there in the world. So another antidote to depression is showing gratitude, being thankful. And that takes us right into Psalm 136. 
And in Psalm 136, it's basically, it's a rehearsal and a remembering of all of the faithful acts that God has done to deliver and redeem his people. We give thanks to the Lord for he is good. And and we hear, it's almost like a the heartbeat of God. Every time we hear this, it's another thump of his heartbeat. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. And then here's another thump of his heartbeat. His faithful love endures forever. Now, maybe in your life, you have known betrayal. You have known treachery. Someone who you thought loved you betrayed you. And they broke their marriage covenant with you. They went off into an adulterous affair. Or they just abandoned you in some way. And, and they made a covenant. They, they, or maybe it's a family member, a, a, an adult child, a son or a daughter that they've turned their back on you. But God's love endures forever. It's unbreakable, it's unshakable, it's solid, it's real, it's secure, and it never fades. So we give thanks to him who alone does mighty miracles. His faithful love endures forever. We give thanks to him who killed the firstborn of Egypt. His faithful love endures forever. Verse 12, he acted with a strong hand and a powerful arm. His faithful love endures forever. Now that verse is actually a remez hint pointing us to Yeshua. Yeshua is the right hand of the Father. The Father is the CEO, and Yeshua executes and implements his Father's will. He puts, he implements it. And so he is now sitting at the right hand of the Father, and he, whenever you see that language, strong hand and powerful arm, that is referring to Yeshua. So if you get into a depression, if you get down into a pit, first of all, repent for self-pity. Repent, renounce, and reject the spirit of self-pity. Repent, renounce, and reject the spirit of depression. Cancel those permission slips. Evict those spirits out of your soul. Kick them out. Close the door. Seal the blood. Seal the door in the blood of Yeshua. And then begin to praise him. Begin to thank the Lord. And, and make a thank you list. Thank you, Lord, that I'm alive and I'm breathing today. Thank you, Lord, for the beautiful sunset that I can see. Thank you, Lord, that I have a roof over my head. Thank you, Lord, for my good health today. Thank you, Lord, that I don't have any bills at the today that I need to pay. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, for, Lord, for your love, your loving kindness. Thank you for sending your son. Thank you for my salvation. Thank you that Yeshua is coming back soon. You make your own thank you list. And practice thanking him. And practice an attitude of gratitude. That will get you out of the pit. When you begin to see the glass half full instead of half empty. And so the other thing, kind of going back to Elijah, and and he's reporting to the Lord, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, killed every one of your prophets, and I'm the only one left. Okay, so how does that apply to today? Well, we can get into the news, and we can see all the things that are wrong in this world, and 
you know, there's fake news, but then there's alternative news, the conservative news on, on the alternative platforms like, um, you know, Rumble and Brighteon and other places. And you can find out the truth. And it's all bad news. You know, the dollar is being destroyed. The nation is going down the tubes. Uh, there's a war going on with Russia and Ukraine. It's spreading. There's all kinds of bad news out there. And yeah, that's true. That's happening. But if that's where your mind is dwelling, it'll take you down further into the pit. And so, you know, yeah, we don't want to be like an ostrich with our head in the sand and not be aware of what's going on. But be very careful not to overdose on the news and to dwell on it and talk about it and basically amplify it. Instead, you might just want to know just enough to know what's going on today and then spend more time, way more time, in prayer, in worship, and in the Word. Be heavenly-minded. Be thankful. Think about the good things of God. Think about the goodness of Him. Think about His covenant and His promises. Think about His second coming. And be, be keeping your eye on Yeshua, the author and the finisher of our faith, and that he's got our back. We want to be positive and upbeat. We don't want to get into a pit. And the news, if you OD on it, will take you down into a pit. So um, we give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His faithful love endures forever. We're going to close with this beautiful song. It's called Psalm 136, and it's sung by Pete Crockett and his choir, and it's a cappella, and it's very beautiful. Please enjoy Psalm 136.
cross so I can live forever. Adonai, 
Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs> 